gonna look twice at you until I see the Christ in Welcome you. to the Faith Walking Meditations and the ongoing conversation, conversation about eliminating worry. It's so um, unique to do this uh, kind of uh, reading and, and thinking in this season of the year. I don't know if you have been thinking about it. Eliminating hurry in Christmas time in USA 2022. <laughs> Christmas uh, are usually seasons of a lot of uh, anxiety and hurry, right? Need to get ready. And um, I like to think that it was also a little bit like that in the Christmas narrative. So it's interesting to, to think of that. So. Here we are continuing the conversation based on the uh, book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And we title uh, our specific conversation today, uh, Learning Humility to Accepting Limitations. So here we go, Learning Humility. Uh, by the way, I think that humility is a great word. I don't know what is your relationship with humility. It's kind of dangerous, right, to pray for humility because, um, yeah, we learn by being humble, right? Uh, it's experience, but uh, humility is one of those words or things that I cannot find anything wrong. You know, it's not that I look for anything wrong everywhere, but um, real humility, not false humility, it is something that God loves and appreciates. It is, it is a safe place. It is a place of blessing. So I, I have to admit that I always kind of open my, my ears when uh, thinking how to learn humility because I believe it's something good for, for our souls. So the, the part of the, the conversation, the challenge... <laughs> This in this uh, uh, section of the book is uh, in, it has to do with we have we have set the problem right the problem is hurry and is violence to our souls and and there's something that is going wrong with that and and now we're going to start talking about the solution and the the whole idea is is that the the, the solution is not more time right the solution. It has to do with something else. It's a change of attitude. It's, it's not a first-degree change that only changes behavior, but it's a deeper change that takes place at a deeper level in me. Uh, in, in the in the book or the section of the book, uh, it starts with uh, reminding us of something I, I think is beautiful, helpful, healthy, uh, and I need to be reminded of this often. It starts by reminding us about the paradox. I call it our identity, right? We are made of dust, and yet we are filled with a spirit, living spirit, right? We, we, we are kind of nothing, very low, made of really dirt. <laughs> but in that dirt, God uh, put his, his breath. He breathes life, and he gives something himself. And, and that nothing, that dust, that, that dirt, becomes a lot more becomes life, because becomes human, becomes Adam, and, and uh, here we are, right? The paradox is that we're human, and, and 
made of dirt, and we are divine. And I'm not saying we are gods, but we are divine. There is something of God in us that gives us life and made in his uh, image, in his likeness. I like how uh, uh, the author brings that to the context of we are limited but full of potential, right? And uh, I always say this, if you don't like paradoxes, um, this is a good opportunity for you to practice that because paradoxes are necessary in, in, in flexing, if you want, the muscles that we need to understand or to walk this spiritual journey, right? We, we, we don't go to extreme thinking, but we learn to understand that Christ in himself is, is a huge paradox, right? Is live, he died and is alive, is the Son of God, is his human. So we welcome those things. And that paradox of Christ is truth in a way of on us. It's, it's, we are not Christ, but Christ dwells in us, and that makes us divine. So we start understanding that, you know, we are limited, right? And yet we are able to communicate and in a way to understand, to notice, to to, to realize the presence of God, we, isn't that amazing, right? It's an amazing potential. We are, we're able to aspire and pray. We dare to pray that um, Christ in us will be formed, that we will reflect the glory of God. We hear things like the, the glory of God is a human, fully human, fully alive, uh, man or woman being right so i i love entering with that humility paradoxes make us humble right this is one of the aspects because we cannot say all or nothing right this is this is nothing and nothing means everything so that's language a spiritual language and from there we, we come back to what we mentioned before uh we have the problem of hurrying up and the solution is not, it's not about quantity. It's not that give us 10 more hours or five more hours. The solution is not more time. The, the beginning, I will say, of the solution is actually humbly accepting our limitation. Welcome back, right? We are not, a, I am not Marco, Marco's version 2022, right? Uh, improved with mean, a faster chip and a better camera. There's not. Actually, I'm going down. <laughs> that, that's version 222 is, 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 uh, has some defects that we didn't have last year in some level. But, you know, we, we just learn to embrace the reality that we are limited. That's very humbling. I don't have more than 24 hours in a day. Nobody has it. Um, I, uh, I, I need to sleep. I, I I am not as strong as I was before. I like it uh, how also the, the author puts it. And I remember a, a good friend many years ago who used to tell me, Marcos, there is always, always somebody who is better than you, taller than you, smarter than you, stronger than you, etc., etc., than you. And that's true. Right, uh, I, it's an illusion to live trying to kind of escalate uh, 
you know, a, a never-ending ladder to be the better. And I'm invited to be better too. So do you see even the paradox there? They have to do it from the reality of limitations. And by the way, limitations might be beautiful, right? And uh, Jesus uh, embraced limitations, that humility, right? And Christmas is that story. The, you know, uh, almighty, all-powerful uh, son of God, you know, creator of, of the universe, embodies and uh, willingly accepts abiding by the rules of a little tiny baby who is going to be forced to learn learn to talk, learn to walk. Do you imagine Jesus learning to walk and falling, you know, and crying and scratching his knee? Hey, here we go. He created the ground, <laughs> gravity, everything. And he accepted to humbly, right, to come into that, um, you know, the place of, of learning those limitations, you know, and we have the beautiful passage in the Bible. I think it's Philippians when it's talking about he being the Son of God, he didn't see his deity as something to be to be held and humble himself. Right? Peter Iscazero is quoted by the author of the book that we are exploring. Love also the line. I didn't know this. It was a good learning for me. We find God's will for our lives in our limitations. Think about that. If it wouldn't be that way, I would believe that God will, God's will for me is to be super, whatever, super Marcos, right? Whatever version of that I have. But then I find the limitations and I find the will of God for my life. Yeah. So we were designed to have those limitations. It's not, um, it's not bad. It's a humble Acknowledgement that we are not God. Those limitations become our teacher, right? Our healer. Have to go slow. And they are a blessing. If you really think of it, they are a blessing because when we embrace them, we learn to rest, for example. And we learn to uh, be content. What a beautiful gift is to be content in, in this age, right? And it seems that discontent is the is the the pandemic, right? Um, limitations remind us that, that yeah, God is the one who establishes how things are, and not every battle is ours. Uh, not uh, every decision is uh, is ours to make. Uh, we don't have control. Really, absolutely, we don't. Um, so there are also opportunities, right, for God to shine in our lives. Because how we embrace our limitations says a lot. Uh, we might live a life in which we don't want to embrace them. And what well, you can imagine, right? We become like little teenagers in, in, in our uh, all their ages and we are holding on the limitation of age and we don't want to, you know, I'm going to do something else to, to grow new hair 
and nothing bad with the, <laughs> with things like that. But you know, hey, there's a point in which uh, that has to go. We, we let it go because really, it doesn't have a place, right? There is something of, about the wisdom wisdom in those limitations. So, in a very faith walking way, what is the what is the meaning that you give to your limitations? How you interpret limitations, right? Do you interpret as this problem that you have? overcome and hey there might be some things that we need to change that's another paradox uh, but there are things that we need to accept so are we interpreting limitations and something that we need to change or are we interpreting limitations uh, as something that uh, is given by god i love the, this you know boundaries god created the world with boundaries and you see the the creation of, of the narrative of the genesis of the creation the boundaries, day and night, and and the earth goes, I mean, the, the sea goes up to here, and the mountains go up to here. And there is all this separation, this, these boundaries, this order that God brings uh, because he is the one who designed those things. So how is that about your lives and my lives? And I'm learning those things, and I have to admit, and I think I mentioned this before, these last few years have been for me a transition of, uh, you know, doing ministry full time uh, to working uh, as a counselor, too. And um, geez, I've, I've been learning a lot about myself and uh, learning to stop, learning to not pursue things, learning to to find my own limits. Because uh, you know, life changes. You know, as, as a counselor, my my uh, the way that I I uh, get an income changes, it becomes time, right? So more clients, more hours. So it's such a trap if if you're not wise. Before I would be able to to have a different perspective, right? There is a salary, right? And, and it's big or it's low, it's low, whatever it is, but this is it, right? But now it seems that every week I'm reminded of a limitations, right? I, I I better stop. And there is actually something about embracing that that I believe it produces more. More. Not less, but more. Uh, and I'm in that journey. And uh, it's not easy. And some weeks I do it really well. Some weeks I don't. <laughs> you know, vacations. Or we were sick during Thanksgiving. My gosh, you know. Okay, I need to, to catch up. So... The will of God uh, is fine uh, for my life. It is fine in my limitations. So, limited. We are limited by many things. You know, some of the things that are mentioned in the book. You can have a list of these. It's different. Might be some of these might be different in your in your in your lives. But limited by our bodies. You know, when we are, I don't know, twenty or something, might not feel that way. But uh, eventually, we get. To understand that very well, we're we're limited uh, in our minds because we cannot know everything. I really like how the author talks about trying to know everything. You know, it seems that that is the age, right? We have to have every podcast and every every book, and, and hey, reading uh, is a blessing. But uh, can it be that we read too much at some point? That too much of a good thing becomes not a good thing. And quiet and 
uh, things like that are also necessary. But anyway, we are limited by our gifts. We we are not we cannot create ourselves and be the most gifted person that we want, right? We are limited by our opportunities. Definitely. Definitely. There are circumstances too that we cannot change. We might be we, we, we might talk about or see those circumstances as fair or unfair, but uh I, I believe there is a third way to see them and accept them. And so remember, this is the beginning of our solution. It is not creating more time or managing our time better. That's me. <laughs> okay, I just need to sit down again, pen and paper, and I'm going to really create a better mix. Uh, there's some value in that to some extent, but it's not going to it's not gonna solve or really transform my heart. The reality is I have to acknowledge the limitations of the time that has been given and learning to live contently faithfully, wisely within limits. So this is our conversation today, friends. And um, let's let's talk. So a few questions just to stir up conversation. You know, what experiences you have accepting your own limitations, right? Or experiences of not accepting them. How is that for you? What limitations are the hardest for you to accept today have been the hardest? And what have you learned from your own limitations? Have they taught you something? So let's start. Let me, uh, Laura, let me invite you to, to be the first one today. Um, so I think the hardest limitation for me to accept, and this sounds silly to say it, but is time. That there's only a certain, like I only have a certain amount of time and energy. Um, like I have a really hard time. No, I don't want to say I have a really hard time. Sometimes I struggle with um, either asking for help with things. And it's not its not a pride thing. I think I just really have um, a difficult time, like realistically assessing. Like I have good intentions. I'm like, oh, no, I can do this. I can get this done. Um, I'm not realistic about it. It's not that I can't take help. Um, but even things like hiring things, um, like I want to do things on my own that I should probably just like pay someone to do because I'm not going to do them on my own. Um, yeah. Are things that I just keep putting off. I think I have, I, yeah, I think that's the toughest one for me is to accept that I have a finite amount of time and to realistically assess what I'm going to actually accomplish with the time that I have available. Um, what I've learned from that is apparently nothing because I keep having the same problem. Sometimes I get better about it for a while, um, but then I'm always like, oh, no, I can do this. I'll get this thing done. I'll take care of this. I'm going to do this on this day. I have the capacity. Um, yeah, I don't have the capacity that I want to have or think I have. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. You made me laugh. <laughs> and you know, is uh, I was also thinking, you know, welcome to the club because you know I relate a lot with that. Um, like, like this idea that I have less limitations than I do. I can do more, right? I, 
I'm bigger. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I have more capacity, and then I overcommit, um, and uh, it becomes a problem, right? Creates other things. I guess yeah. apparently I have some kind of limitation in being able to realistically assess it, too. Yeah. That I'm I'm limited in my ability to look at my myself objectively because I'll yeah because I'll continually think I'm going to do things that I have no reason to think I'm actually going to do if I looked at history Um, I should not give myself as much credit it's frustrating because then I end up things are I make things more difficult for myself because I want to do them myself because I think it's not a big deal um like I have I keep thinking I'm going to have a yard sale so I have a bunch of stuff that I don't want and I want to get rid of. And then I'm like piling it in like a guest room in my house. That's just like accumulating stuff to get rid of. And really I should probably just go drop this stuff off at Goodwill. Cause it stresses me out. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have all this junk. Why is it in, you know, but it's not the weather. You can't have a yard sale in Ohio this time of year. Like I'm, but then, you know, so then like, really, I'm going to save all this stuff for months. And then I'm probably not going to have a yard sale. Cause that's not really what I want to spend weekends doing. Um, but I keep thinking, Oh, but I should, cause it's a lot of stuff and I don't know, I spent money on it and I should try to sell it or whatever. I don't know, but I have a lot of things like that where I think I make things worse for myself or like home improvement projects that I could afford to hire someone to do, but I'm capable of doing them myself. So they don't get done. But then I'm like, Oh, this thing's undone. This thing's undone. The house looks like trash you know like this isn't done and whatever and I'm like I'm gonna do it because I can do it but I don't do it I mean, if I was gonna do it I probably would have done it already but then it's like a, yeah I'm reluctant to get someone else to do it because I could do it myself so yeah I'm limited yeah. in my ability to objectively assess my own priorities <laughs> severely limited yeah thank you for for saying, just I'm curious. And do you know where that comes from? I mean, it has always been like that. Did I think some of it like is it? habit. Um, but maybe that's maybe I have a limitation in changing my mindset. So when I was when I first moved out at 18, I was like poor. And so I saved everything because I really was in a position where I couldn't afford to buy things. And then I accumulated a lot of stuff and I had to do things. Um, at the time, you know, for a long time I did, I had to make time to do everything myself because I couldn't afford to hire anyone to do anything. Um, I was a young single mom. I had three kids. I worked, you know, I didn't make very much money and stuff at all. Um, but then as I've, you know, my income has increased, my financial stability has increased and stuff, praise the Lord. But then I've, yeah, I think it's kind of habit that I'm in this mode of, well, if I can do it, I should, I guess, um, which isn't, it doesn't make sense. I guess that's kind of faith walking. It's not first formation, but it's like a default way of being that I developed as a young adult that is no longer beneficial to me. Um, but I'm still kind of stuck in that autopilot. Like, well, if I can do it, I should do it and save the money. Um, but yeah, at this point, I think the the emotional and mental like stress of it outweighs the benefit of the money that wouldn't have been the case 15 or 20 years ago because yeah. I didn't have the money. But now like I just need to, I should just spend the money. Yeah. 
and pay someone else to do it yeah no i i get it and i hear that it's not not the first formation but it seems that is a vow or a meaning that eventually you know has been in your life and i was curious because i relate with that but for me is 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 a bit of a formation uh you know growing up growing in a hotel you know you have to somehow deal with those things and you know over committing a little bit uh, you can you don't have much control so it is uh I, I laugh also as a, you know, have memories even now. Uh, I say, I'll be there in 10 minutes, right? And, and Julie, my wife, will look at me and say, it's going to take us at least 15 minutes or 20 minutes to get there. You know what? You, even your time, you, you cannot calculate. You, you, yeah, what, what, what do I? I tend to, to think in that direction, the direction of I can do more instead of the, the direction of I want more space. Right? And, and anyway, thank you very much for sharing, Laura. Yeah. Judith, what about you? How how is this for you? What is limitations? How they teach you or what is your experience? Oh, so many limitations. Well, one of the biggest for me um, is is my eyesight. Um, And that has been a very challenging limitation. Um, I've accepted it because I've lived with it for 71 years. Um, But it doesn't, it's tough. It means sometimes I can't go places because I don't, there's nobody here who's going to be, I I don't live close enough to the people going who will drive me. Um, And at this point, I don't feel comfortable driving at night. So that's, that's a big limitation. and and it frustrates me. And as a kid, oh gosh, I remember the gym teacher in elementary school. Um, well, we can talk about where this comes from. I mean, some of it, obviously, some of it is physical. This I have a condition that I was born with. But the the self-esteem stuff that came out of that, this gym teacher who said, Well, don't throw the ball to Judith. She can't see it anyway. Well, so there's more shame and, and, you know, that kind of thing that I've, I've lived with, with this limitation. Oh, I I can't see. Um, I'm ashamed of it. Um, so, so that's been, a, that's been a tough one. Um, but in some ways it's easier because there was a physical cause. It's not like, it's, it's not like some, something that's not, that nobody else can see that's a cause. Everybody knows I have this issue. Um, the ones that are tougher, like the depression and anxiety, when that hit, and and this is one I can say was a blessing. I can look back and think, um, I, I wouldn't have found faith walking. I needed that right then. So this, this limitation of COVID for one thing, um, keeping us indoors and then recognizing my need, um, helped me to find faith walking. Um, and that has been an incredible blessing in my life. Um, that had I just gone along my happy little way without COVID and without the depression and anxiety, I would have thought I didn't need anything else. I was doing okay on my own. Um, so I'm, I'm glad for that. I, and I'm amazed that I can say that now. Um, I probably couldn't have said that quite so emphatically a year ago. Um, I, there are, Certainly, the limitations of our gifts. Um, I do not have a gift for remembering names. 
And one of the people I volunteer with at the free clinic um, on Tuesdays remembers everybody's name and face. And I feel, and he's just the person who pulls the charts. I'm the one who takes their intake information and, and signs them in. And I, every week I have to say, I'm so sorry. I, I can't remember your name. Um, and oh, it's, it's just not a gift that I have. Um, and I'd like to think it's, I'd like to think it's not my fault. Is it, is it because I don't pay attention enough that I'm not as inten uh, as intentional as I should be? I mean, well, Laura, you're shaking your head. It could be um, that, and, and it's not helped by the fact we're still wearing masks, so it's harder to recognize people. Um, I've done well getting to know all the guys in the dorm. That's been a good thing. But there have been some years that um, if I don't see the person enough, if, if he's using the back door all the time instead of coming in the front door, I may not learn his name. Um, opportunities, for me, opportunities, the, the limitations. This, this is a big one as I look for the future for me. And it's part of that question of, am I going to stay in this community when I retire? Or am I going to look to be someplace else where I would have closer friends? There would be more people that, um, more, more friends from the diocese, for example, more people that would be available to drive to those diocesan events that I can't get to because I, I won't drive on a highway. Putting me on a highway when my I can't focus going 70, um, that's just ridiculous. It, it's not safe for anybody putting me on a highway. Um, and I, trying to make this decision about where I'm going to be, I have connections here that are wonderful. Um, I certainly know the community. And I'm coming to find that the community knows me. But I will be very, very limited in the other activities I can participate in if I choose to stay here. And I, yeah, I don't know what, that what, what the right decision is. Um, so... Um, that's that's a real big one for me. Um, yeah. I don't have the funny things like Laura. Um, time certainly is a limitation. Um, you know, I, I was thinking this morning, boy, I wish there were more hours in this day. And yeah, no, I don't. I Because <laughs> um, I'd just be... Um, more exhausted by tomorrow. And what I have to do is make the right choices with the time that I have. And um, that's, you know, I have these things that need to get done on a timely basis. I've committed to them. I can't say, no, I'm not going to do it. So am I going to choose tonight to watch the cooking show that I like on Monday night? Or am I going to choose to take care of the thing that I, I need to have in tomorrow. Um, so we'll see yeah. what I do with that. Yeah. Wonderful. Judith, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, I especially uh, touch uh, hearing you talk about the, I, I make that, that the, you know, some you learn from your limitations today uh, when you felt anxious and depressed. And somehow that brought you 
to a place of, of learning more. I mean, beyond faith walking, but yeah. you, you, you receive something in embracing that. And, uh, you know, so that, that acceptance doesn't mean a period of passivity, right? It right. is not a, it, it is more like a, this is the will of, of God in my life. And, and how can I be wise in this? And uh, we seek, we ask, we knock. And, uh, but we do it from a place of acceptance. It's a very different stance. Seems a lot like the limitation is, is, is a little bit of a, of a teacher for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you receive something after that, you know. And it makes me think that of the, also the connection between limitations, learning to accept our limitations and wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in a lot of the clients that I work with, they had to do with, uh, uh, addictions, they are part of a 12-step program and, you know, they have the serenity prayer, right? They give me the wisdom to know the difference between what I need to accept and what I need to change. And, and, and that is is learning, you know, those boundaries. And, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Trish, what about you? Well, as I'm reflecting on this, I'm thinking that when I was young, I did not accept my limitations at all. Um, I still, I was a very driven young person. And um, gosh, you know, I think that my very first experience in of recognizing, other than the fact that I too have worn glasses since I've been, since I was very young, Judith. But beyond that, I kind of had my life all planned out, how I wanted it to look like, what I look, wanted it to look like. And when I was 27, um, we actually lost our first child when I was about 21 weeks pregnant. And that was like really a very hard, difficult experience. But I just remember thinking, this was not according to my plan. <laughs> this is not what how I had designed it. And then I went on to experience years of fertility of infertility, which again was like this thing. My life was not unfolding as I expected it to. So as the years unfolded, we went on to adopt four four children. And I remember in um, my late thirties, I realized that. I was making my choices and I did as far as being a stay at home mom. And, um, I homeschooled three of our four and, um, but I realized in my late thirties, you know, if I wanted to go back and go to school to become a medical doctor, I really couldn't do that. I mean, I could technically, if I really worked really hard and sacrificed my family, (laughs) But I realized I was not, I was making my choices of what I wanted to do. And and I really liked medicine. Um, when I was young, I wanted to be a vet. And then when our firstborn was born, um, he had a lot of medical issues. And I was just all over that. And it was like that even with um, our youngest, who had a lot of mental health issues. And just always all over that. So... I mean, it seems kind of funny to me now to think, oh, yeah, well, you're not ever going to be a doctor, but, <laughs> you know, no. Um, 
but I am going to be a mom and do what I can. So I started to recognize I had my limitations, but within the choices I made, I still over-functioned to the nth degree. And it was, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm I homeschool three of my four. We're going to do it all because in Texas and in Houston, there's all kinds of things you can do. I mean, if you're homeschooling, I mean, it, it was just, it was really ridiculous. And then um, when we were talking in, in the small group chat about my youngest daughter, and it was like, I did everything to discover what was the magic diet, what was the magic pill, what was the magic therapy that was going to make her better. And um, accepting that there were limitations on that. And um, she had her own and, and still has her own limitations. But whatever I did, I pushed it too far. And, and then what ended up happening is I burned out. Um, yeah, our youngest, we had to place with um, others to be raised. I mean, we were still very active in our life, but she wasn't in at home anymore. And um, it was just, and I started to unravel and I just really burned out because I had not accepted the limitations and in accepting limitations that also allows us to, I think, Lori, you talked about it a little bit, receive help from others. Um, and just, and I, I needed to do, I needed to have done that a lot more and to give myself a break. And so in hitting burnout, it was just, I had to stop. Um, two of our children were graduated already. And, um, my other daughter, we ended up putting in a private setting, but it was just like, I can't do this anymore. And, um, and it affected every area of my life. And so now what I do is I make sure that there's lots of margin. And even in ministry opportunities, I have to really something, a lot of times things sound really great to me. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I would love to do that. That sounds like fun. And then I have to step back and say, wait a minute, what do I know is mine to do? And if I'm doing what is mine to do, do I still have extra? Is this something that God is calling me to? Do I still have extra emotional energy to put into this as well and still be as focused as I need to be on what I know he's called me to do? Um, yeah, and just the busyness. I think, I think what drove me for so many years in doing that doing everything to nth degree. And I mean, it's Christmas time now. And I used to just, I used to decorate to the nth degree. I mean, everything I did was over-functioning really major way. And now it's, um, I like, I enjoy finding the simplicity in things. But I think as a culture, we just, we do think, okay, this is not enough. I am not enough. This is not enough. Um, and so people just start going into overdrive and not even considering the implications of what that does. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, Chris. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. And thank you for sharing also so openly. And 
vulnerably if either all of you have done um, that. But yeah, learning, you know, that there is a sense of, of the pain of limitations for you and the learning through pain. And I cannot but uh, reflect back that that, that that gives us, again, wisdom. It's a humble wisdom, right? It is not, uh, you know, just uh, conceptual wisdom. You know, it's not knowing the concept. It is just, just knowing that you felt that pain and, and that... Uh, didn't go well. Yeah, a need for our life to be planned in a certain way. Yeah, the, 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 the limitation of controlling that really, there's zero control about it, right? That's very clear. Um, Jesus tells us we can't control those things. And, but we learn. And, and, and the learning sometimes brings some pain. But the pain sometimes, at least in God's hands, sometimes brings uh, wisdom, right? And that's the humility, yeah. Yeah, and as you were sharing earlier, we talked about, you were mentioning how Jesus had to learn the things. He had to learn to walk and all those sort of things. And it reminded me of a, um, Judith is familiar with this, of a, a print that I have from a modern iconographer. And it's called the um, hidden life in Nazareth. And it's, if you can see it, it's done where it's like, this is like a painting of where Jesus is a toddler and he's learning to walk yes. from his father to his mother. Yes. And um, this is by Ivanka Demchuk and she's amazing. There's a group of um, Ukrainian new iconographers and Judith has another one by hers um but then it made me think even about Christ and how he was willing to accept that for his great love for us willing to accept human limitations in order to be with us present with us and so that we knew we wouldn't be alone and I that's not something I thought about he went through all the child development stages that every human being goes through and you know that's just it just it really um amazes me how much he had to humble himself to enter into human flesh yeah. Indeed. And accept those limitations. He didn't have to do that. Yes. And, um, yeah, and that limitation, I mean, not only to be obedient, right, but uh, death and death by the cross and all. And, and in the bottom of that ultimate limitation, right, mm -hmm. bounded by death, and yeah. he's yeah. found and fulfilled. Holy, the will of God. Mm -hmm. So it brings me, well, and there, and there, I say this way, a, a little bit of a, a, a glimpse of a spiritual understanding beyond the psychological understanding of, of you know, the limitations. That there's something about that humility and, and surrendering mm -hmm. and, and wisdom. Because at the same time, Jesus says, I don't do this on my own accord. I mean, I do this on my own accord. Nobody is forcing me to do it. So there is a, a willingness to accept these limitations. It is not force. And, and that attitude is that we, we, we have been given freedom 
and so our ultimate freedom to choose how we interpret those things, right? Because we have authority to make that meaning. And uh, with God, we're led into uh, an amazing capacity and gift right, to learn and to receive. I was at a church service last evening at a Catholic church in a town ways away. It was a service of remembrance. And, you know, I was raised in the Catholic church. And so I'm used to seeing the stations of the cross, but this church had the stations of the cross, like I've never seen before. And I, I stopped at the one where they were hammering the nails into Jesus hands for the cross and the anguish that I saw on his, and this was three dimensional. This was like a statue, not just a painting. Um, and and the, the expression of his body and the, the expression on his face was so much more graphic than I'd ever seen before. And boy, the limitation of being human and then having the surrender of having to suffer that, it just, it was just amazing to, to look at. And, um, and it, it brings, it brings my humility to think of, oh my gosh, the Lord did this for me. I can't, I just can't imagine I don't want to imagine even what that suffering would be like. Yeah. It is good for our souls, right? Even thinking and talking about this, it changes. Um, the, the, the thing that also comes as this conversation comes is, is uh, Psalm 131, right? The contentment of the wind child, you know, that... Um, you know, I, I had this life, the first 30 years of my life, I was running, you know, conquering, you know, pursuing, uh, making. And, and, and some of that, I don't know if it is, some of that might be normal, I'm not sure, developmentally at least. But I remember when I came to the States and I had this spiritual shaking and awakening. Um, that intuitive awareness that I didn't, I didn't need to do that here anymore. And, uh, you know, I could not drive because I didn't have a driver's license. I could not talk because I didn't speak English. <laughs> so I was really, I didn't know where we're going. So, and there was this spiritual going, thing going on in me too. So it was not just being in a different country. It was not the first time that I've been in a different country, but but there was an attitude that it was like that wind child. And actually for, for me, it showed up and I would fall asleep. <laughs> I would fall asleep in the car like never. And you know, the friends that I have here in Houston that are friends from high school, they would laugh at me because I was, you know, carefree. There was something about that and I, I relate with that. I I got to a place that I was getting to a place that is grace, believe me. And that's where I will end with this. It was grace. The Lord gave me the grace to accept the limitations and I could rest. Finally, talk about a blessing. It was a blessing. And I remember 20 years later how beautiful it was. And uh, thank you, friends. It's amazing to hear your thoughts and learn from you and each one of your sharing. So it's time as we live with that picture of, of that humility of Jesus. Um, 
I would like to speak to all of us. This is a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes